welcome to Music Industry 360 podcast brought to you by Symphonic Distribution. I am Randall Foster, Chief Creative Officer at Symphonic, and it is my great pleasure to welcome my friend Ari Herstand here today. Ari, we're going to get into your uh, to your whole background in, in, in independent music, but I, I'll start with the most formal of introductions here saying Ari is CEO of Ari's Take, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, third edition. So get out there and get your new edition if you haven't already done so. And host of the Webby award-winning New Music Business podcast. In addition to that, he's also co-creator of an immersive 1970s funk experience called Brass Roots District that's just coming off a gig. And I think he's still high from the gig. Ari, welcome. Thanks, Randall. Great to be here. Great to have you, man. Um, as we discussed, uh, I, I want to talk about you as a business, you as an independent business. Jay-Z said, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. And, right. um, and I feel like you really embody that. Um, the time we've known each other, I've known you as, as a talking head and an educator and a musician and an author and a podcaster and everything else that goes into that. But at the at the core of it, you really an entrepreneur in the music business, mm -hmm. doing really great work, and uh, and I, I think your follower count and your and your book sales and everything else um, tend to tend to point in that in that direction. Folks, if you're not aware of this book, it is the number one bestseller in three different categories on Amazon, and it's being taught at. 300 universities, which I think is huge. I can't believe there's yes. universities teaching music business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've come a long way. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> when I went to school, when I went to college, there was like three universities in the world that taught like contemporary music business. And uh, I chose one of them, but yeah, we've come a long way. It's nice. Can you kind of start us at the beginning? Like let's, let's take away, you know, the Academy and the book and everything. And Yeah. Ari is is a great musician, just getting out in the world. Let's talk about your steps that have brought you this way. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I had initially went to went to college um, for music education um, and kind of as a as a classical trumpet major uh, with music education because you know when I was looking to go to uh, go to college and, and apply. Uh, my my guidance counselor in high school was like, oh, if you want to go into music, you have three options. You can either uh, go into, uh, you can play in an orchestra and study classical music. You can teach music, be a music educator, or you can go into music therapy. And that was literally the only three options that were presented to me um, in high school by my guidance counselor. I'm like, oh, I guess if those are my only three options. <laughs> like I was in band throughout high school and I was writing songs and like, you know, I would have liked to pursue something in the contemporary music industry. I'd be a singer songwriter, but that wasn't an option in my, you know, at the time. So I chose uh, music education, classical trumpet. I was a trumpet player at the time. Uh, I went to the university of Minnesota, but the very early on, I was like, all right, these studies are not for me. I wasn't really showing up to classes. I was starting to gig around Minneapolis. And I realized very quickly that I, I wanted to be a performing Uh, artist, a performing singer-songwriter. So I found a music industry school in the Twin Cities at the time, um, 
transferred that, studied music business, studied songwriting, studied jazz trumpet. Uh, I was only there for three semesters. I was in and out. And, you know, I kind of hit the ground running in, in the Twin Cities and started, I mean, well, let me say, while I was at the school studying music business, this was, mind you, 2005. So we're talking like this is uh, Napster had just kind of died off, but it rattled the whole industry. iTunes was on the rise. Facebook was still confined to, uh, you know, colleges, universities. Uh, YouTube had not quite started yet. MySpace was just picking up steam. So it's like this, this kind of the the end of the old music business, the rise of the new music business. And this is what I was thrown into. And so when I was at the school studying music business, they were basically teaching me the history of the music industry, not what to do, because I realized as soon as I left this music industry school, I realized very quickly that everything they had taught me was completely irrelevant and was not going to be helpful because like, you know, these courses that they were teaching, they're like, oh, here's how to negotiate a 127 page major label contract. I'm like, cool, sweet. This is amazing. I was loving it. I got out of school. I was like, all right, cool. Where's my, where's my deal? Where's my record deal? Cause they did not teach me how to get the deal. They're just like, once you get the deal, here's how to negotiate it. It was like, okay, cool. But how do I get the deal? Nobody knew. And of course, all the music business books at the time, they were like, oh yeah, once you get the deal, here's how to, but like literally no one was saying, here's how to do anything. So I was like, well, shit, I, I, you know, spent a bunch of money on this music education, this music school education to study music business and all this stuff. And none of what they taught me was going to help me with a music career. I realized very quickly. So I was like, all right, I got two options. I can sit around, wait for this record contract to fall in my lap because also what they taught me at this music school was like, you can't have a music career unless you get a record deal. That was fucking crazy. But this is like what they said is like, the only pathway to a successful music career is through the labels. So you need a record deal. I was like, okay. So I could sit around and just like wait for it to fall on my lap. Or I was like, well, I love playing music. I want, you know, I know that that's what I like to do. I'm going to figure it out. So I chose the latter. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just book shows. I booked my first show. Nobody showed up. I was like, all right, lesson learned. Uh, first lesson in the music industry learned. Why didn't anybody show up? Well, I didn't tell anyone about the show. I was like, oh, okay. I got to promote shows. First lesson, very important lesson <laughs> to this day, you know? Um, and so like, I kind of learned it the hard way. Fast forward five years later, I'm selling out venues in a five-state region around the Midwest. I'm touring the country regularly. I had songs placed on TV shows um, and in movies and commercials. Uh, I'm charting on iTunes because uh, that was a thing, you know, back then, 2010-ish. Uh, um, and I'm like having the success totally DIY independent. No label, no booking agent, no manager, no nothing. Figuring all this shit out on my own. Um, you know, I eventually moved to LA. And, you know, musicians are coming to me and they're like asking, was like, yo, how did you sell out the varsity theater 800 tickets last night? Like, how did you do this? How did you get your song on those TV shows? Like, well, who's your, who's your rep? I'm like, I don't have a rep. Like, who's your agent? Who's your manager? Who's your, like, I don't have any of that. And then I would just like get it back to everybody and tell them, oh, yeah, this is how I did it. This is how I did it. And then word would spread. Oh, you got questions about the music business? Go ask Ari. <laughs> and so like, as I was touring the country, and like word spread even more and more. And I'm playing these festivals and everything. And like, you know, 
eventually I just like didn't have time to get back to everybody. And so I started, I put everything I knew and was learning in real time on a blog. I called it Ari's Take. I threw it up. My brother's a, a web developer. And we just like, I put it up on the blog. This was not a business uh, venture. This was, I want to share the information that I'm learning because there is no information out there um, for independent musicians. You know, like at the time, we're talking 2012 is when I launched Ari's Take. All the tips and advice columns out there on the internet were written by companies looking to gain customers or written by like attorneys that don't know how to speak to musicians that speak in legalese that nobody can understand. And so like, you know, none, there was not really helpful information written by working musicians that like in the field that didn't have ulterior motives. I didn't have an ulterior motive. I wasn't charging for this information. I had no advertisers, no partners. It was literally like, here's what I learned. Let me put it up. So when people would ask me questions about it, like, oh, I wrote about that. Go check out this article over here and go, go, go check this one out. And then more questions would come in. I'm like, oh, that's a really good question. And I would write uh, a blog article about that. So that just kind of continued. And then, um, you know, I got more writing gigs with other publications and, and they're like, hey, can you write for us? I was like, okay, cool. All the while I'm still, you know, pursuing a full-time touring music career, releasing music, doing this total DIY independent thing. Um, and then after a while, people were like, yo, Ari, like I read your articles and it's like, they're helpful, um, super helpful, but like, I need something to connect the dots. Like what music business books should I read that can like help me get going? And, you know, I've read most of the music business books out there. None of them were talking about what was happening in the new music, like right now, right in that moment. And especially because like, I was not just. I had like evolved from just writing about my experiences to when I was writing for other publications, actually sitting down with the movers and shakers of the industry and hearing how everyone else was doing it successfully. It was like, oh shit, like all of these other independent artists are doing things very innovatively, but no one's talking about it. Billboard's not writing about it. Rolling Stone's not writing about it. Variety, Pitchfork, Consequences, like no one was talking about it. So I was like, I need to write about this stuff. Like I, there's no books out there that can talk about it. So like, all right, I have to write this book. So I got the book deal. I wrote, you know, the book, how to make it in the new music business. And it, um, I mean, similar to kind of how the blog took off, the book took off because there just like, wasn't anything out there like that, um, at the time. And fortunately, you know, over the last uh, six years or so, uh, I've released now um, new editions um, because the music industry changes so quickly that uh, every three years now I'm, I'm updating this book um, and just kind of staying current with with everything. And, you know, I'm still, like you said at the top, I just got back from San Diego performing a festival with, with Brassroots District. I'm still a working musician. I manage a, an artist as well. Like I'm in the weeds of it because like you have to be to really understand how, you know, it all works. Um, not just from like a conceptual standpoint, like how lawyers, you know, and like, uh, and people who kind of philosophize and, and about it all, but like emotionally, you know, like if you're not actively releasing music or you're not, you know, a, a managing an artist who's actively releasing music, you don't know the emotional toll that 
uh, it takes uh, and that, that musicians go through. And like, I bring that musician's empathy to everything I do. Um, yes, I have a full business now. I have, you know, Ari's take has turned into from just a blog to like, you know, a full on business. We have an academy with nearly 6,000 students uh, with online music business courses. Um, you know, the podcast, like you mentioned, everything. It's a full business, but like everyone who works at Ari's take is a working musician. And we all have this, you know, musician's empathy is just like, yeah, it's fucking hard to be a, music, a musician in this industry. Uh, I think this is the, the hardest industry on planet Earth. And like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my part to help people navigate their way through it all, as you guys are as well, you know, at Symphonic. And, and I, you know, we're all, I kind of look at this as like, there's no competition here. It's like, we're all in this crazy industry together and we're all just trying to figure it out. That's uh. Yeah, and I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I think the 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 mental toll that it takes on on musicians is something that's really overlooked these yeah. days. And, yeah. and I, I I am heartened. We we have another another podcast, shameless podcast plug, um, yeah. on on mental health and and on and on some mental health resources for musicians that uh, that this came about earlier than this podcast, but. But it really is. It, I'm glad people are talking more about that these days. But that empathy, I I get it, and I you know I've uploaded tracks and entered metadata, and it's the worst. It yeah. is absolutely the worst. It's like the most necessary worst thing that music yeah. has to do. Is I, I I love that you come at it from such an empathetic stance. Um, yeah. You know, I I. Um, I'm going to brag on you a little bit more, you know, not only did you play that gig, you know, last weekend, but it says here that you've, you've played over a thousand shows and, yeah. it, and, uh, that, that's pretty incredible, you know, especially self booking yourself regionally and beyond. Um, I think that only when you've stood on a stage and done load in and load out and, and done the rest, do you, do you really truly get it? Um, Let me tell you, uh, it's really about uh, until you've performed, until you've played empty venues to the bartender, uh, you don't really feel the pain of what it is like to be a performing musician. And like, you know, uh, love Billie Eilish. Uh, she's fantastic, but she never had to go through what it feels like to step into a venue uh, that's empty uh, you know, and play to an empty room. Um, there's, there's some of these artists that lucked out and that come from the internet era that blew up online first and their first tours sold out. Bless their hearts. Uh, that's not the 99% of other musicians that are out there that are having to grind. Like, sure, I've played, you know, sold out clubs, theaters, arenas. I've also played empty rooms and it sucks. And uh, I think like we can all you know, empathize and relate that have had to do that, that like, it's really, really hard. And it takes an extreme emotional toll. And like, I loved hearing Chris Martin from Coldplay talk about, it. he's like, I still have a little, I have a fear that no one's going to show up to my shows, <laughs> you know, the biggest band in the world. And uh, because that is burned into you, like Coldplay was a band that played empty clubs that was like, you know, did that grind that indie, that, that hustle back in the day when they were getting started. And it's like, you know, if you go through that and you play empty rooms, like, whoa, 
that that stays with you for life. Like that is traumatizing. <laughs> PTSD attached to that, I think. Um, oh. it, it also says a lot, I think, we're getting on tangents here, but that's fine. It also says a lot, I think, about the musicians, how they play an empty room. And I, I've, I've seen our local, our local independent room here is a spot called The Basement, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've been to The Basement with five, six people in the crowd, and it just breaks your heart for the, the folks on the mm-hmm. stage. But, but the most recent show I saw, the folks were on top of it. They, they, you would have never known there was nobody in the crowd if you just videoed them on stage. And it was really, it blew me away um, in many ways because I was just heartbroken for them that they didn't have a larger crowd. But in, in a lot of ways, this crowd building, this this audience building is something you've had to do both as a musician and as an entrepreneur. And I was thinking yeah. of, as you were talking about the questions that would come in and you'd answer the questions, um, that was audience engagement 101. And, yeah. and I think we talk, we talk to musicians about engaging audience and you know, what do you have to have to succeed? Well, you have to have incredible music. There's no question. Your music's gotta be great. And then you gotta have an engaged fan base who gives a shit about you. (laughs) Yeah. And no, no, you make a great point. I mean, it's, it's yes. Um, I, I think artists get real bogged down and distracted by these macro numbers by like the streaming numbers, like, oh, I only have 10,000 monthly listeners. Like my friend has 80,000, I wish I was there. And then the person with 80,000, like, why do I only have 80,000 monthly listeners? My friend has a half a million. And the person at a half a million is like, I only have a half a million monthly listeners. Why don't I have 10 million monthly, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that's a never ending battle. You're never gonna win that. But it's like, if you really think about it, you know, it is about fan building. It's not about those macro numbers. Like it's really hard for us because we've almost looked at those numbers as like a currency that uh, in the music industry is like those monthly, how many monthly listeners you got? And that's like this new currency, but it's really not about that. It's about how deep of a connection are you creating with one fan, one. And if you create that deep connection with a one fan, they're with you for life. And now you do that to two. Get that, that, the second one. Now you created a deep connection with two fans that are gonna be with you for life. And guess what? They're gonna be paying you lots of money, way more than a half a penny per stream or whatever, you know, a third of a penny per stream. How many ever times they stream you? No, they're gonna buy your merch. They're gonna back your crowdfunding. They're gonna buy whatever you have to sell, whatever fan club thing that you're gonna be providing, whatever, Substack, Patreon, blah, 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 crowdfunding, you know, merch, backstage, VIP. They're with you for life. Now you do that to three. And now how do you get these people? Like they, the show that you were at with five people at the basement, that ba- the, you, like if they really connected with all five of those people and created fans for life in those five people and like put on a dynamite show, got off stage, talked to every one of them, you know, now you have five super fans for life. That's fantastic. And like when you get into the digital realm, I think a lot of us can like look at the, you know, our Instagram DMs um, and like, oh, the requests, you know, folder, we're not going to ever get to that. Or like, we don't, you know, ah, well, do I really need to DM people back? Because like, well, yeah, it makes their day. Like, especially people that are, you know, you don't know, like, hey, I really love that song. Uh, wow, it really spoke to me. That's an opportunity for you. DM them back. And like, you're now building this relationship. And sure, after a while, you won't have the ability or the time to, to respond to every one of your DMs, but in the interim you do, 
You know, if you're only getting a couple a day, like respond back to that. Like I, I have a, one of our instructors for Ari's Tech Academy, uh, Lucidius, he's a hip hop artist. You know, he has over 300 million streams, um, you know, and so, uh, but how he got there and he's got, you know, hundreds of thousands of super fans, how he got there was by literally DMing everyone back that would DM him. And he shows me his inbox, his DM'd inbox. You know, it's like, yes, it's flooded now, but he tries to get back to almost everybody. And yes, it takes, you know, but that's part of the job. And it's like, if your focus as an artist and you want to build a professional music career and a lifelong career, and you're not just trying to get a viral moment and be a flash in the pan and, you know, get rich quick, uh, this is the way to do it. And you lay that strong foundation. So whether you're playing to five people or 500 people, you put on that show that's going to change their lives. And similarly, whether you have five followers or five million followers, you can still connect on a level that's respectful and authentic and that will get them to stick with you for life. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with that. And it's, it's almost like uh, I've got you on retainer saying the things that I say to artists every day. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but it really is true. It's about it's about building the fan base, and you know you, you have to be smart enough to approach the emerging technologies and things um, smartly, yeah. and uh, and then for those kind of things, you have resources like uh, like Ari's Take and 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 the Academy. On the Academy front, can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about the Academy? What it is? I I know you're you said that your enrollment is 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 quite large. Um, but if you, you know, elevator pitch yeah. for us real quick. Yeah, yeah, totally. So Ari's Take Academy, um, I launched it at the end of, uh, 2018, early 2019. Um, so, you know, we're just over three years old. It's, um, it's, uh, basically it's all online courses. Uh, and these courses are just music business courses. So we're not, we're not teaching, uh, you know, how to play guitar or anything like that. Um. These are courses we have on sync licensing, you know, how to get your music on TV shows, film, that kind of stuff. And that course is taught by uh, Bo Williams, who's um, arguably the most successful artist in sync licensing. Um, he's a hip hop artist. He has over 1500 sync placements of just his own music. Um, and not to mention like all the sports teams have used his songs uh, to win championships like the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, you, they're like using his song as their entire season theme song, the Milwaukee Bucks, the world cup used it. I was just at the Dodgers game here in LA and they're using this song and the thing. Um, he is kind of like epic hip hop. Um, so he teaches our sync course. Um, and in that course, we're actually doing something that, uh, very few universities or, or any other course that I can, that I've ever heard of is doing. And what we're doing is we're helping our students get, sync agents, get deals, sign deals. We're connecting our students with representation. I don't know any other school in the world that's really doing that um, in this way. Um, we have a whole internal vetting process, basically like, you know, uh, where we're pairing, we're filling needs we're, is really what we're doing. Sync agents need, need uh, some kind of music to fill the holes in their roster, in their catalog. And we have those holes. We have those students. We have these artists. And so we help connect the dots. And so we've gotten over 150 of our students um, signed actual sync deals and uh, just for that sync course. Now, we have uh, a course on um, 
streaming and Instagram growth, which is essentially taught by Lucidius, who I was talking about. That's teaching you how to kind of run um, marketing campaigns, digital marketing, using uh, the social platforms and how to run ads effectively for musicians. Not, you know, you could learn how to run Facebook, Instagram ads, TikTok ads, whatever, but not in this way that's so targeted uh, for how musicians do it. Um, and in a way that's like, you know, we, I say we're like the smartest creative mind in the world or the creative marketing mind in the world, because we have like a thousand students in that course that are active in our community groups talking about brainstorming new marketing ideas. And, and that's the other thing is like, yes, all these lessons for the course are online and pre-recorded, but we have a private community group where all of our students pop in frequently, daily, asking questions, networking, sharing ideas. Our instructors are in there answering questions. Then we have regular kind of Zoom Q and A's with our instructors and the students, and they can ask for feedback and stuff in real time. Um, you know, I teach a course on touring, all about you know how to get your tours set up and going. I teach another course on registration, royalties, and release. We talk about release strategy, release plans, how to get yourself properly registered everywhere to collect 100% of your royalties, not just some of your royalties, not just, you know, not just your, your uh, performance royalties, but all the royalties that are owed to you from every platform and every nook and cranny of the world. Um, we make sure you're properly registered and set up and then get a, a full, you know, we have like a eight month release plan strategy uh, day by day. Um, and yeah, we have various courses uh, that that uh, we had one on, on live stream, we had one on TikTok for musicians. So uh, taught by experts in this space, um, if I'm not teaching it. And um, yeah, we just, we're just about to pass 6,000 students uh, amongst all the various courses that we have. And, you know, I started Ari's Stake Academy, honestly, because after so many schools were using my book um, to teach, like universities, I would get invited to lecture and to, to speak at these schools and I would go to these schools and, and oftentimes I would like sit in, I would sit in on some music business, uh, classrooms and I'd sit at the back of the room and just listen to the teachers and professors give their spiel and teach their students or whatever. And at the time I just like more times than not these teachers, you know, uh, no shade to them, but they like, you know, they're in their sixties and they're teaching a course about social media. I'm and, and like, and they're, they're seven years outdated on what they're actually teaching. I'm just like, all right, this is just, it's just not only is it not, was it not relevant? It was just flat out incorrect information that they were giving. And these were at like major universities and these students are paying hundred, sometimes $200,000 to get a degree, a music business degree. And I'm like, they're not only, this is like negligent, like not like this, this is borderline criminal. Like you are charging your students tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a worthless degree. And you're not only giving them, cause like, you know how many times I've been asked by a, a talent buyer or a promoter or a club owner, like to see my degree before they let me stand on stage zero times, you know, like you don't need a fucking music degree to be a musician in the music industry, but you should be empowered with the knowledge. And, and so like nothing against music industry, uh, programs if they do it right. But unfortunately so many just don't know how to do it right. And they're teaching incorrect information. And it drove me insane. 
and I was like, I would, I would sit in these music business classrooms and I would like, I wanted to stand up and scream at these students, like, stop listening to them. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, you're smarter than them. You're 19. You know what the hell is going on in social media. They don't like, you know, let's talk about this for real. And it's such a wasted opportunity. And it's just like, it broke my heart, frankly, like all of these students, all of these people, these kids are spending so much money and they're not, it's, it's not, they're not getting the value out of it. So I'm like, all right, I know I can do this better. I know that we can do this better. Like, so let's charge a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of what any other school in the world is charging. And let's actually give them results. And that's the big difference is like, we're getting our students deals. We're getting them signed. We're having them succeed. Like our, the feedback we're getting from our, our uh, registration royalties and release course, which is our newest one. They're like, holy shit. Like the, the price of the course paid for itself by the royalties that I found. And I'm like, yep, that's it. Like, you know, and like, I'd have these kids that graduate college with a, with a music business degree, uh, $150,000 in debt. And they would come to me and they would say, Ari, um, my songs are blowing up on Spotify right now. Um, and I'm, I have millions of streams, hundreds of thousands of monthly listeners. I don't, I want to make sure I'm, I'm getting my, my royalties. I, I don't know if I'm collecting all my royalties. I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. You spent $150,000 on a music business degree and you don't know how to collect your royalties. Like that is negligence. Like how can a music business school, how can any school in the world look at someone in the eye and be like, pay us $150,000. That is a really good investment of your money. And when you graduate in four years, you're going to have no idea how to collect your royalties or run a business, run a music business. Like that drove me nuts. So that's why I started Ari's Take Academy. And that's been the mission, the driving force behind it. Um, not to put out these music business schools out of business necessarily, but to show the, everyone out there of all ages, because we have students who are 16 and we have students who are 60, everyone in between, just show them that like, you know, this is for working professionals. This is like, we don't offer degrees. It's not for degrees. This is to like actually uh, help you along in your music career that you're running right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and you know, that was kind of my, my comment earlier about the 300 music schools with music business programs. <clears throat> you know, I'm like you uh, as a dinosaur, when I was in music business school, like there was only a couple of them and they were in major music markets. Most, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, there are some that I hear, hear about these days and I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, is there music in that town? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's like set set in set at the university uh, the, in the town that Footloose was filmed in. You know, right, 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 right. No musical whatsoever. Um, uh, that's really cool though. That it feels to me like you really democratized the information here um, with the book and everything else. Let's talk a little bit about your revisions of the book and really about how fast everything moves in this business because you you did just reference the 60 year old trying to teach you know social media strategy and you know shoot like four years ago if you'd have said twitch to somebody they would have thought you had like a nervous tick you know <laughs> if you had talked about you know TikTok, they'd have thought you were talking about a clock and yet these from the live streaming standpoint and from the social really career building standpoint are yeah. so necessary. And, and just thinking about your first edition book, um, mm -hmm. which I think I have your first or second, 
But like, sure. you know, AI isn't going to be in there. NFTs aren't going to be in there because they, they weren't a thing there. No, and TikTok and Twitch weren't in those books either because they weren't a thing at the time. You know what was in the that first edition? Vine. <laughs> you remember Vine? Uh, right. Yeah. So, like, you know, yes, things change dramatically. And that's why I update the book every three years. Um, that is the challenge of trying to write a book on the music industry. Uh, and in the way that the book industry works is that when I turn in my final edits, uh, it's then, you know, months before it hits the shelves. Things, things change. Like, hell, the first edition of the book, uh, from the time I, I would they it sent it to the printers to when the book hit the shelves is when Vine died. Like, it, so it's like things change so quickly. So that book was, those two pages, they were already outdated by the time it hits the shelves. And so like, I've learned from that experience. So the third edition now, um, you know, I don't, I don't say like, oh, these are the social media platforms you should be using and here's how to use them. That would be negligent because by the time you're reading it, it might not be true anymore. So when I discuss social media, I, I mostly like say, here's how other artists have used them successfully. Here are some anecdotes and stories you can learn from them. Um, you know, here's how to find what is relevant and most necessary and needed, and then kind of go through it. And, and that's the new approach. Um, yeah. In the second edition of the book, I had one mention of TikTok. Um, and that was because I, all I said was, oh, and Musical.ly was just acquired by TikTok. Moving on. Like, that was literally the only mention in a 500 page book, you know, that came out in 2019. Um, and so, this new edition, yes, of course, there's a lot of ink on TikTok. There's a lot of ink on Twitch and NFTs and all of that. Um, there's not any ink uh, on AI because that wasn't a thing, you know, six months ago <laughs> when um, when the uh, when the book went to the printers. Um, but that's the thing is just like things change so dramatically. Uh, so dramatically is just like I mean, hell. What AI was three months ago is not what AI is today. It's not going to be what AI is in three months. So it's like, you know, um, this book is more so rising above the noise of like all the, the trending hot topics of the moment. It's not about that. I'm not trying to capture this lightning in a bottle of like what's happening right now in this moment. It's about, do you want to build a long-term sustainable career for your life? here is the blueprint and here is how the industry is functioning right now. Yes. Things are evolving and shifting. Like sure. If you want to, you know, use, uh, AI to help you create your beat or impersonate Drake or whatever, like that's going to come and go. And that's going to be your own creative personal preference. Um, and, uh, that's, that's not really the focus of the book necessarily, but I talk about it on the podcast. I talk about it frequently. I talk, you know, I write about it on the blog too. Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. And it, it is the hotbed topic du jour right now in almost every music discussion I have. Uh, if you were to look in a crystal ball, looking at your fifth edition or fourth sure. edition, uh, AI obviously will be there. They might There should be case law in place that, 
defends or debunks the copyright status of AI, things like that. Is there anything else you see bubbling that you're excited about that you that is a new thing for Ari to learn? That's mm -hmm. a new thing for you to grasp so that you can then pass that knowledge along. Yeah, I mean, I'm a student first. That's the thing is this like I'm obsessed with learning and obsessed with sharing. And so anything that comes out, all new, uh, basically anyone that's doing anything innovatively that especially in the independent realm uh, and how they're succeeding, I'm all over and I'm all about and I want to learn about it. I want to share it. Um, so, you know, I I'm not as afraid of um, what AI is doing to the music industry uh, as maybe some of the major labels are. Um, you know, they have always been on the wrong side of history. Um, I, I kind of like, they, you know, at the turn of the century, I mean, like at the start of when Napster uh, came out, their method was, uh, let's try to shut it down. Is this they're essentially their, their game plan was like, let's turn the internet off. Can we do that? Yeah, we're going to try. And like, let's sue fans. Like they were, they were completely wrong. They were just like, they got it wrong. They, and they've, they've continued to get it wrong over the years, you know? And like the fact that sampling is so difficult and they still haven't figured out how a hip hop artist or any artist can sample a beat without actually getting a one-on-one, -on -one, like a license directly from the publisher and the label. And like, it's like, come on, how have you not figured this out yet? Like, it's very easy to do. We have the technology, you just refuse to do it. And like, don't get me wrong, artists should be compensated. The, the you know, uh, but there's ways to work with technology instead of against it. And I think if you work against technology, you're going to lose every time. If you work with technology, you're going to win. And I, I look at AI as kind of like, you know, where we were in the sampling era of just like hip hop artists using disco tracks to help create their, a new song. Like that's cool. Uh, that is creative and innovative. And that's like what we can kind of, you know, at least in the creation realm of using AI for. Um, but similarly, like, I'm not going to be opposed to a technology just because it's new and scary. Like, I don't know where we're going to be with in three years, um, with what AI is going to do. I think it's going to, I mean, already it can, uh, uh, we've, we've seen it help artists, help people create, uh, innovative marketing strategies and campaigns. Like it can learn the tastes of your fans and then it can market directly to a new audience because it is learned and it can write the copy for your ads and it can kind of, essentially it's gonna to get to a point where I believe like in, we're gonna get there, AI is going to be able to create short form music videos for you um, that is using your music, using your likeness, your video, other stuff that is going to be uh, specifically targeted for the social platforms of the moment, whether that's TikTok or Instagram or one that we haven't even heard of yet, that is, that is going to come out. And it is going to um, create your entire promotional strategy and digital marketing campaigns uh, based on learning you, your artistry, your likeness, your all of it. And so I think artists can use it as a tool. And so it's like, all right, you know, now... It was like, how do we create a TikTok that's going to connect? And it's trial and error. Well, 
eventually AI is going to have learned TikTok, is going to know these are the TikToks that work, these are what's not going to work. And instead of us having to rack our brains, you know, whatever, you're going to ingest uh, all your music videos, all your live videos, all your bedroom recordings, all of your music, um, your biography, you, your uh, um, all the content that you have. And then the AI is going to pump out the best social media videos and posts for you with the right copy, um, exactly what the, the description is going to say. And then you can run ads on that. And then you can like target. And it's also going to find the right audience. It's going to be like, oh, don't just try to you, you target these people. That's who you think your audience is. But guess what? The AI knows better. They know that that uh, your audience is actually um, this group over here. So I think that like on the creative side, uh, producers are going to be able to use uh, producers are going to be able to use AI um, to help create tracks and and um, in a, in work with technology, just like producers use samples and splice loops or whatever you know. But on the business side, artists are going to be able to use AI to help them create uh, innovative, creative, very targeted highly effective promotional and marketing campaigns. All right. You heard it here, folks. Right here first. Ari's laying it down. Well, Ari, this has been such an informative conversation. I thank you for being here with us totally. today. Um, anyone wanting to learn more about Ari and what he's about, please visit ariestake.com for information on the book, book.ariestake.com. And for the Academy, Ari's takeacademy.com. Ari's been a good friend to Symphonic throughout the years, and we really appreciate you and your non-biased approach to the music business because I really do feel like Thanks. you sell it out. Good, bad, ugly. Whenever you do the the distributor breakdown, every time it's yeah. a little bit, a little bit like, man, oh gosh, what's gonna happen this time? <laughs> um, but, but what, I, but what I do like about it is that I know it's a, it, it's, it, it's a fair shake to all participants and, and, and it's not, you know, so many things in this business are, are often quite one-sided. So I appreciate you and your perspective. Everyone, please go frequent Ari's websites, read his new book. And Ari, thank you for being here with us today. This is Randall Foster from Symphonic, and we're signing out the Music Industry 360 podcast with Ari's Take. It has been informative and riveting, and we appreciate you all being here with us. Come back next time. <laughs>